one to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. See, we have people today say, you know, you're supposed to obey government and all things. No, you're not. Otherwise, there would be no persecution for any Christian. Why do you think these Christians were persecuted? Because they disobeyed the law. They don't have the right to make certain laws. What were they saying? Christ says he has all power given to him, and he commanded his children to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All right, so they have passed some laws and says this. You cannot go. Keep quiet. Don't do it. But look there in chapter 4, and you'll notice what he says. You see there in verse 17, but that it spread no further. Or why does God give us the gospel? To do what? To spread it. He wants us to spread it, and they don't want it to be spread. Did you know there's a lot of people really, really upset with a guy named Tebow? You ever heard of a guy named Tebow? He's a quarterback out there for Broncos. And the guy just happens to like the Lord. And he loves the Lord. And from what I understand, he really understands grace. His dad is on the board of the Grace Seminary, I think, down there in Texas someplace. And they're talking about, I'm talking about the free grace just like you and I believe. So there's a good possibility that's what he believes. And he, he knows the Lord and he loves the Lord. And he wants to give God the credit for everything that he does in his life and make sure that whenever he has and does anything that would deserve any honor or credit, he wants to give it to the Lord, and that's, so that's what he does. And there's people that don't want him to spread that. So just because people don't want them to do it, oh, I guess I'll quit. I don't want to offend anybody. Everybody else offends. They do whatever they want to do. And uh, anyway, this was uh, God's people doing what God says to do, and so now they've got a problem. So he says there in verse um, 20, Go, this is what the angel of the Lord told him, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. In other words, what it takes to have eternal life, explain it to them. Go, and you do it. Even though the law says, don't do it. Do it anyway. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. That means the very next day they did it. Get what he said. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together. This is the, the story of the, uh, the incomplete trial. You see, they were going to have a trial on these guys. 
And everybody showed up. <laughs> but the prisoners, they weren't there. So they got everybody together. Look what he says. He says, But the high priest came, and they that were with him called the council together, all the senate of the children of Israel sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety. So there's no way for the prisoners to get out. Because when they got there, it was still secured, and the guards were still watching. Isn't that amazing? I mean, how that the guys are locked in prison, and they go there the next morning, and they, like, disappeared, you know, and there's no way to explain how they got out of there? I think God's got a great sense of humor. I love stuff like this. This is what makes good movies. You know, all the movies they made today don't compare with the stories that are already found in the Bible. The Bible talks about things from outer space. Do you know there's a planet, outer space, supernatural people? They can move at the speed of light, appear and disappear. They can live forever. It's a place called heaven. See, it's already real. It's already there. About people appearing and disappearing, it's already happened. You ever heard of Elijah or Enoch? You name the story, and the world today can't think of a better thing than not what's already happened and recorded in his word. Think of the wisest man in the world. Well, the Bible's already told us all about him. They try to make some movie about a guy that's supposed to have, you know, these people have worked on him and give him a super brain, and now he has all these magnificent total recall and things like that. Wait a minute. We already have a guy like that in the Bible. That's old stuff. That's old stuff. Strongest man in the world? <laughs> Remember, they used to have years ago a movie called The Million Dollar Man. Anybody remember the million-dollar man? Some of you old fogies do. The million-dollar man. He had an eye that could zoom in on. Yeah. That ain't nothing compared to what you have in the Bible. Think about this. A man named Samson, he grabbed the jawbone of an ass and killed a thousand Filipinos. <laughs> but just to think of how great these guys in the Bible really were. What they could do. Now these guys are able to be in a prison, and all of a sudden God can open up the doors, and they can go out and then lock it all back, and they won't know what happened. But anyway, and it says there in verse 23, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man inside. I love that. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would, and you ought to underline that word, this would grow. You see, they don't want it to spread. They don't want it to grow. But what does God want? God wants the gospel to be spread throughout the world. And it talks about the love of God has shed forth this. And it got the Holy Spirit living within inside of us. And uh, his love is shed abroad in our heart. And so, as he says, these are things that God wants us to know and to do because God wants it to grow. Does God want the church to grow? Does he want more people? When he says, go and reach, that, he, evidently he wants us to reach as many as we possibly can. 
Once you trusted Christ as your Savior, isn't it God's will for you to grow in the Lord? So the body of Christ, God wants to grow, and individually He wants you to grow spiritually stronger. So we should be concerned about just our own personal growth? No, numerically reaching more people and then getting people to grow stronger in the Lord. But this is what it says here in verse 25. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Mm. Get your hickory stick. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. Hmm. When they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest and asked them, Are you deaf? That's what they said in Hebrew. <laughs> Didn't you hear me? Don't you know what I told you? And they probably got in their faces and shook their hand. Are you deaf? Didn't you hear what I told you to do? I said, don't you talk anymore in this man's name. He says, all I know to do is to say what I've seen and heard. And so, in verse 28, saying, did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have you ought to underline this word. Maybe this is what God wants us to do in Tampa. Fill Tampa with this doctrine. Get everybody we possibly can to hear the gospel. Wouldn't it be great if we could turn this city upside down? But I think there's a lot that we can do if God should tarry, that with all the people that are coming here, we ought to figure out something that as a church, as a body of believers, and we ought to be confident and have boldness and have a vision and see just what can we do. We don't have to go, you know, around the world. All we got to do is just go right down the street here. You understand what I'm saying? But look what he says here. In verse 28, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine now, some people say, well, um, we ought to just love. Because doctrine, well, that's divisive. You know, that just makes people sit on edge and uh, there's right and wrong. And that just offends people. So it's better, let's just love everybody. So we'll have a love in. Now, I, I think we ought to just preach the doctrine. See, it's love, true love, real love that keeps you preaching the strong doctrines of the Bible, and especially the doctrine of eternal security. The doctrine of eternal security is not a separate doctrine from salvation. It is salvation. You're not eternally saved. You are not saved. You're only saved because you have trusted Christ as your Savior, and you're trusting Him to take you to heaven when you die, not till you sin again. He is going to take me all the way to heaven. I'm trusting Him for that. And look what the last part he says. Are you trying? Is it your intention to bring this man's blood upon us? <laughs> they, the one that knew what they're doing. I think their conscience is bothering them just a little bit. But look what he says in verse, uh, verse 21, verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. And look at the next words. Whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. 
Now, do you think he's backing off, that he's sensitive to their feelings? Now, I, I do believe that at times we need to be sensitive to how people feel, but not at the expense of truth. Yes, we do need to be careful how we say things, but remember, truth will work, and we need to stand for truth. And he makes this statement here in verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Now, when you read the book of Romans in chapter 10, and uh, verse 16, where it talks about, you know, to Lord who hath believed our report, a verse there talks about who hath obeyed the gospel. To obey the gospel is to believe the gospel. So when we're talking about between me and God, if God wants me to obey Him, it's because He wants me to believe Him. And He said what to do, and He's in charge. Is he boss? And this is why the Christians had a, a difficult time in the arena in Rome because they had to come to the decision. Is Christ king or is Caesar king? Who is king? And the Jews, remember, when they talked to Herod, said, We have no king but Caesar. And the reason they were persecuted and fed to the lions is because they refused to accept Caesar as king. Jesus was king. Who do you love? Who will you obey? Will you worship the world, worship the government, or will you worship the Lord? I believe in this country, our test is coming. Our trial is very close. But anyway, look what he says in verse 31. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior. A prince because he is the prince of peace, but he is to be the king of Israel. And it boils down to is Caesar king or is Christ king? And you and I are always going to be split on what will we do, and why will we do it. Your faith is going to be tried, just like my faith is going to be tried. And it says, and a Savior, and to give repentance to Israel, and forgiveness of sins. If the nation of Israel will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, their sins can be forgiven. You notice this once again is almost like Acts 2.38, where they had been faced with the reality that ye have killed the Messiah. And they said their hearts were pricked, and it says, Men and brethren, what must we do? And it says, You do this, and you believe that your sins may be forgiven. Here he's telling them the same thing, but as the leaders of the nation of Israel, he's once again facing them, and he says, For forgiveness of sins. Ye slew, you hanged on a tree. In verse 32, And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. To obey him is to believe him. That's mentioned in the book of Hebrews in chapter 5, and also in the book of Romans in chapter 10, verse 16, and down through there. 
Now look what he says there in verse 33. When they heard that, they said, we are wrong and we need to get right. We need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, after all of that, surely they, they see that. You know, some people are hard-headed. And then there's others that are hard-headed. These people were really hard-headed. So they were going to try to figure out how can we do away with the apostles. So now, showtime. In verse 34, there stood up a one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people. Hey, he's somebody. Commanded to put the apostles forth a little face. He said, give them some room. Stop crowding them. Back up a little bit. Cut them some slack. That's all in the Greek. And why he's saying that is he said, look, we've had others do the same thing they're doing. And so he mentions two other people that had come on the scene. And, hey, nothing came of that. In other words, nothing's going to come of this. Let it alone. It'll die out. I've had kids go to camp, and they'll dedicate their life to the Lord, and they want to serve the Lord. They go back, and they'll, you know, start witnessing like that. And there's people who say, <clears throat> it won't last long. It won't last long. They're just fired up for the moment, but it won't last long. And 40-something years later, those kids are still going. Some of them don't last long, but some of them do. And it's wonderful watching those that keep on serving the Lord. And it breaks your heart when others don't keep serving the Lord. But look what he says here in verse 35. He said unto them, ye men of Israel. See, as the, the leaders. This is Gamaliel talking to them. He says, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. He says, you need to be careful. Because, you see, if these men are really doing what God wants them to do, you'll find yourself fighting against God. And you don't want to be found fighting against God. See that in verse 39, where he makes a statement, but if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it if it's of God. Less happily you be found even to fight against God. He says, cut them some slack. Back off a little bit. You say, oh, yes, okay, that's good, that's good. So what do they do? Just beat the tar out of them instead. They beat them up. Why would you beat them up if they're not guilty? Aren't you glad you got a few laws in America that protect you? Well, they're not supposed to do that to us. Anyway, look at verse 36. Uh, before these days rose up through this, uh, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who were slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. Hey, nothing happened to that. Hey, I'll fizzle out. Then he says in verse 37, after this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, drew away much people because they were tax protesters. <laughs> and he says, and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, they were dispersed. Now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Let's happily be found even to fight against God. That was good advice. That was good advice. So what did they do? Well, in verse 40 it says, They threw a party 
and uh, made up, and everybody was friends. Not exactly. Verse 40, And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and... <laughs> Why would they do that? And beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. Well, that's really backing off, isn't it? They just threatened them again, beat them again, told them what they could and could not do again. I didn't really see much change there. But it says in verse 41, And they departed from the presence of the council, really down in the dumps, because, you know, they were having a hard time. You know, things weren't going their way, and so they were having a pity party for themselves, and just really down and discouraged. And uh, look, look at that. Rejoice. You ought to underline that verse in the Bible. I mean, this is right after a beating. This is after they had been told to shut up, mind their own business, and leave things alone, and not talk in Christ's name. And he says, rejoicing, get this, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Be counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. That's powerful. Are you worthy to suffer for the Lord? Mm. And then it says in verse 42, And daily in the temple and in every house, the next three words, they ceased not. In other words, they didn't bend. As we say about the three Hebrew children, they did not bend, they did not bow, and they did not burn. They did not bend. They did not bow. They did not shut up. And it ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. I wonder what God wants us to do. It's just been 2,000 years since then. But do you believe, if you read these scriptures, that maybe this is what God wants us to do? As much as we possibly can. I don't believe that the Lord's church is just about us four and no more. Just as long as we all come together here, and there's a handful of us, and we just all sit around and have a nice little Bible study, and fellowship together, and have a few little prayer requests, and then we're... We've done our duty for the week, and I'll see y'all next week. I think there's more to the Christian life than that. You see, we can fellowship in heaven. We can sing in heaven. We can shout in heaven. We can do all those things in heaven, but one thing you can't do in heaven. wonder what that is. We can't win souls in heaven. Why? In heaven, they're all saved. Why are we left here in the world? To preach the gospel. And so we have a, a dispensation of the gospel committed unto us. A stewardship. A responsibility. So that's why you may not think so. But you need to be thankful for the various ministries of the church that are soul winning type ministries. And to be thankful that we have some that will trust the Lord on Sunday morning. And some because of the radio. And some because of the Friday night soul winning. And because of ranch, or one here, one there, and so forth. And the individuals that witness. And uh, that's why we want Christmas cards with the gospel in it. So you can send those out. We've got little heaven tracks, so you can give those out. And we've got the church 
Look at all the things that we're doing to trying to get the gospel out. But, you know, we can print up these things, and they can sit in a bookstore and accomplish nothing if nobody does anything with them. True? And we can waste a lot of time and effort and money, but it takes God's people making it happen. And it's not going to happen because of one person or two people. It's the body of believers. It's what we do collectively together. And this is why the radio ministry is so important. Look how many has trusted Christ as Savior because of the radio ministry over the years. Uh, Hank was on for, I don't know, 20, 30 years or more, and then the television ministry. Just think how many people, when you get to heaven, have heard the gospel because of that. Well, we don't want to stop that, do we? That's why every service we try to find a way to get the gospel in there and weave it in, you know. While you're still teaching some stuff, we still want people to hear and understand. Anybody in here listen to the last four live broadcasts that we had? When you listen to it, you will also hear the gospel. It'll still be in there. And we're trying to, if you're listening to it, we want you to know how to get saved. And hopefully you already are. But are you trying to get people to listen to the broadcast? Do you promote those things? Do you really push trying to get people to come out to any of the services? This is what we as a body of believers need to do because it is what God wants us to do. So, in closing, this is the gospel that we're talking about. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us, and because of sin, we all are going to die. The wages of sin is death. So that's the bad news. That's why we need good news. Because, you see, this is bad news. And you have to be perfect to go to heaven, and that's bad news. And you can't earn eternal life, that's bad news. So there, what you need is some good news. And so that's why everybody needs the gospel. Because everybody has got to face some bad stuff. Eternal separation from God in hell. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin. Because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, did not have to die. He took our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said if we'll believe that he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. Eternal life is a free gift. It's not something you earn or work for. You simply believe that when Christ died, he died for you, and you trust him as your Savior, and God will give you everlasting life. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, or if you're watching by Internet, understand God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to pay for your sins, because if you pay for them, you'll be eternally separated from God in hell. Do you deserve to go to hell? I'm afraid so. God says we're not perfect. We've all sinned, come short of his perfection. No man has ever lived good enough to go to heaven. So yes, we deserve to go to hell. But the Bible says Christ died and paid for our sins. That means if he paid for them, you don't have to, if you will believe that he did it for you. So he's already paid for your sins. Will you believe it? If you believe it, then God said he would put the payment he made to your account. So whether in the auditorium or watching by internet, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I urge you to trust him and trust him right now. If you'll believe it, God will save you and give you the free gift of eternal life. Before we close, anyone at all, before we close, say, yes, that made sense to me, and preacher tonight, I will trust Christ as my Savior, 
Friend, would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? If you trust Christ right now, then God saves you right now and gives you eternal life, and it's free. Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. And for those that indicated that they would trust you as Savior, whether here or Father, that we cannot see, that are watching by Internet, Lord, I pray that each one will understand that they have the free gift of eternal life by trusting you as their Savior tonight. We ask your blessings upon them in Christ's name. Amen. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.